second estate everyone uh where uh unfortunately guys i know you'll be a bit disappointed about this we're actually gonna have to put off the update on the search for avril lavigne's tie again there's just been too much to talk about this week but we will get back to it in the coming weeks i promise uh as usual we're going to be going over a couple of culturally relevant stories from the week and then taking a deep dive into one in particular and as always we are your hosts i'm sarah bayer i'm hannah seymour And this episode will be covering the Trump interview with Jonathan Swan that went viral last week, Gwyneth Paltrow's conversation with Cameron Diaz for Goop, and finally deep diving into Trump's executive order to ban TikTok in the USA. And those are That's a good ticket. Yeah. Um, Good stories this week. Yeah. How's your weekend been in general? Um, Pretty good. Very, uh, not a lot going on. Very stage. (laughs) Oh, really? Surprisingly. Not much has happened. I drank a whole bottle of wine to myself last night, so that that was eventful. Yeah. It turns out the binge drinking hasn't really uh, changed <laughs> a great deal since no longer having anywhere to go. It's yeah. just more. But I don't know if you can blame that on um on Corona because oh. that was probably probably existed before. Oh no, that's what I mean. Is it's like my habits <laughs> haven't changed really. I'm just doing yeah. it in a different setting. I have less of an excuse yeah. now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm quite hungover, but um. Yeah, how's your weekend been? Oh, it's been totally uneventful. I um, I went to the market in you know that market that's like near the community gym in Richmond. Sorry, this is way too like specific. I think so no. Anyway, it's just like a like a fruit and veggie like our fan in Denmark is going to be like, what's Richmond? Yeah, sorry to our fan. Sorry. Um, no, I went and like had like a really wholesome, uh morning on Saturday like walked down to the market and like so got cute. some fresh bread and a croissant and um a coffee and came home and ate it very what Parisian, Parisian. yeah well I guess like in Tunisia they speak half in French and it was colonized by the French so it's kind of right. like in my blood yeah 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 exactly. um, <laughs> yeah exactly no so I just have done like things like that but how awkward is it when you do those things and in your head you've got this like version of yourself that you're like really incredible like <laughs> you're kind of just like yeah I'm like really wholesome like this is kind of like I'm me wearing all white linen and I'm wearing yeah like a straw I wasn't hat and a basket but like in your head yeah you're wearing. in my head yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah in my head I looked really good my hair was blow waved in reality yeah. I've been wearing the same dirty tracksuit pants yeah. and like toothpaste stained jumper for like four days because and there's probably a bit on your mouth yet. Well. Yeah, like, no, my, my hair's permanently, <laughs> it's it's either oily or like really like frizzy. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no in between. It's never nice. Beautiful. Like it's one of the two. Um, and I would have just looked like this like hunchback, like, <laughs> like, like stalking down the street. through the market. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, like with the mask, like sweating yeah. and stuff. But in my head, I was like, I don't know, some Byron Bay influencer, like skipping down the street. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, no, I get like today um, in my hungover state, me and um, Angus, my boyfriend decided to get burgers. And I always feel like if I get 
like a burger and fries and like mac and cheese bites, I'll feel better. But I literally have felt like I'm going to pass out for the entire yeah. afternoon. Like yeah. You have so much salt and grease that you're do- like, yeah. this will make me feel better and you eat it and you're like, I literally feel like I'm going to die. So um, yeah. that's my, that's my kind of state of mind for the past, this afternoon. But um, no, I get that. I always get that with like, if I, <laughs> this is so specific to only me, <laughs> but if I haven't eaten what is meat, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. If I haven't eaten meat in like a day or two, which like very occasionally happens, but like I like have this thing being like, okay, I just need to have like a huge amount of protein and then my whole life will be fine. (laughs) But it can't be like, it can't be like protein from like a vegetable or like protein powder. It has to be like some giant copious amount of meat. Could be eggs? Absolutely not. Right. Really? That goes against the whole, it, it's like carnivorous. Yeah. I feel like that's not a, like, I feel like it's, that's definitely something you've created. Like, I don't know if you have a genuine oh, totally. need for meat, but it's like. No, I don't. Obviously you and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on, on the necessity meat of meat consumption. Um, really? Apparently not. <laughs> um, but that's good that, you, you know, every yeah. couple of days you just got to eat like a pile of meat. Yeah. I like. I don't do that that often, but sometimes I, sometimes I will indulge. In a um, I was like, yeah, yeah. Like the only thing I was upset about in stage four was the fact that he mentioned that there was going to be a, a reduction by a third in meat processing. Oh my god! As soon like, as this won't do. As soon as he announced it, I was like waiting for your message to be like, "What the fuck?" Like. <laughs> We can't have less meat to eat. I'm like, you'll still be able to get meat. It's just not going to be like the prime cut that you want from your local butcher. I mean, actually, you probably can get that. It's just you're not going to be able to get that. No, you can get that. And that's what I didn't. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, The privileged can still eat beautiful meats. It's probably just going to be like most people. Yeah, exactly. Once again, this is a class war. Yep, that's Um, it. When is it not really? Yeah, that's true. Um, Um, Should we jump into the story? Yeah, let's do it. Great. (laughs) All right. Um, okay, first one is the Donald Trump interview. So yeah. last week, Donald Trump sat down for a 30-minute interview with Jonathan Swan, who's a journalist for HBO in the States. Uh, most of the interview focused on the Trump administration's response to coronavirus, and there was a few other things. Um, the interview went viral because of the particularly baffling way that the president answered a lot of questions, including referencing several printed out charts he had brought with him <laughs> and also wishing Glenn Maxwell well yeah. um, in her endeavours. So uh, I guess once again, this interview sort of begged the question of if Donald Trump is fit to lead America. Um, what were your first sort of reactions to watching this I mean somehow I'm still shocked every time I watch or hear him speak like Mm. I know what he's like very well but every time I watch an interview with him or hear him speaking I'm just like shocked all over again at the like Mm. I like I go into this state where I'm like this is the leader of the free world or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man who can barely, like, has the most, like, incoherent way of speaking and darts from topic to topic and, like... Yeah, it's incredible. He's yeah, refers- pivot work. Yes, he refers to some vague they when he's talking about hmm. anyone. Like, he just yeah. might say this and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When yeah. when he said read the manuals, read the books, and the yeah. guy's like, the manuals? What, what manuals? manuals? <laughs> He's like, you know, the manuals in the books. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that like when someone asks me to explain myself, I'm gonna be like, read the manuals. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess like what really what this made me I, like I I watched this and I've read a few things about this following the interview and it's sort of gotten to the point I feel with Donald Trump where it's like, you just can't even, even though I'm still shocked every time, I'm still also Mm. like, it's, there's sort of, I, I, unfortunately I sort of feel like this interview isn't particularly, it's not going to break any kind of, it's not going to change the way anyone thinks or kind of. No way. It just gives us an opportunity for the people who already disagree with Trump Mm -hmm. to, it just reinforces our existing views that we have about him. Um, totally which is just you know we already knew that we already know what he's like so it's kind of just yeah that's what it is but like I guess um what it I mean it's sorry to add to that but it's not going to make all it is going to do is make his supporters like even more sort of adamant that the mainstream media the fake news media that he calls them uh are like out to get him and trying to trap him um so yeah sorry continue but that was kind of just to add to what you were saying yeah no but I think that's very true as well in as well in the fact that because um Jonathan Swan the interviewer part of what went viral with this interview were his facial expressions mm-hmm. and I can't, which were quite funny like he was it was a very entertaining interview and, and it he, was like a scene from Veep if yes. you've ever seen that show <laughs> it was just like it was Veep yeah and he it was, I mean, Jonathan, I, I kind of think as well on what you've just said, like Jonathan Ross's sort of um, reactions and he, like, even though he did a great you mean job. Jonathan Swan. Oh, Jonathan Swan. I keep like thinking of him as Jonathan Ross. He kind of looks like Jonathan Ross as well. Does he? I feel like he kind of does. Isn't Jonathan Ross like really tall and big? I'm Googling Jonathan Ross just so I can confirm this. Jonathan Ross, the, for those who don't know, is a British um, talk show host. Oh, he really doesn't look like Jonathan Ross. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I've gone on such a tangent, but my point was it was, was that, like, it, you know, the way he behaved would probably reinforce Trump supporters in that he was sort hmm. of, like, not mocking totally. Trump, but, like, you know, poking him a bit. It's There was sort of right. a bit of that kind of to and fro, which is it's great that he did it, but I just, you know, like you said, it's it's sort of it would probably be more in some ways potentially ammunition for people who love Trump. Yeah. And yeah, reaffirm. And just like you said, reaffirm how it reaffirms our uh, sort of bias towards him. It reaffirms their bias towards him in the, uh, towards the media or for Trump in, yeah. in the same way. Um, I guess I was sort of like, and I was, you know, a lot of the feedback that I was reading online was, you know, talking about his fitness to lead again, uh, and in terms of being like mentally fit to lead, I don't think he is like particularly unfit. I just think he doesn't care and does right. no preparation and yeah. gets by on his charisma, which is the case for like most men in powerful yeah. positions a lot of the time. <laughs> like, but you can't come up with some of like the hilarious one-liners and the nicknames that he has for people if you're not like mentally fit. Right. Um, so, so like, your angle here is just to, if he's like whether or not he's insane you're like but he yeah. can't be insane because if what, no, yeah. I mean he's in he's probably is insane but like in terms of like mental fitness is in like how they made him take that brain um cognitive <laughs> test or whatever and he was like I passed with flying colors they've never seen anything like it Even like I don't had to take that is like it's so mm, funny okay. but like I think like his crime of leadership isn't that he's mentally unfit it's that he doesn't care which isn't good for a president obviously 
but like he just clearly doesn't do any reading any preparation um before any interviews or speeches uh and when he was like rifling through the papers and going like ah <laughs> oh, yes look at this chart our numbers are the best in the world he probably we, like read. Yeah, well, I think he probably has, like, bad eyesight or something because he'd, like, look at it and be like, see, we have the least deaths. What did in- he say? We're the lowest in the, w- in the, w- in the world. Lowest in the world. And the guy's like, the world. The US <laughs> is lower than the world. And he's we're like, lower world. in what? <laughs> yeah, and, like, and we're last, meaning we're first. Like, <laughs> but, like, yeah. I was just, like, it was, like, tra- I was transported back to, like, year eight when you would watch someone who, like, clearly hadn't prepared for their book report presentation. <laughs> trying to talk their way through like five a five minute oral presentation it would just say I really like this book because I really related to the main character Susie because she is also 11 um yeah I also <laughs> like the mum like it would just be like it was just like watching someone who hadn't prepared for a presentation yeah. sort of go like what areas am I strongest in? Hmm, talking about television ratings. I'm going to pivot to that. Yeah. Like it was, yes. it was so yes. funny. And I think what you said about him not caring, it's sort of like he just, he all he cares about, and Jonathan Swan like actually pointed this out when he was talking about the ratings that this rally that he'd had um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. got, even though Jonathan Swan was asking him about um, the, the public health risk that he had created by having hmm. a like 12,000 person rally. And Jonathan Ross was saying, oh, mentioned it was 6,000. Jonathan Ross. Oh, Jonathan Swan. Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to stop doing that. Jonathan Swan okay. was like, um, was saying 6,000. And Trump's response was, well, actually it was 12,000. And yeah. he was like, you're not making his point worse because he's saying it was a public health risk. And Donald Trump's it's just like doubling the number there. of people. Yeah. But what he really cares about is like, his, you know, talking about how much people love him and his mm. whether people support him or not. And it's just like it's he's so not concerned with the what's actually at stake. It's he's just concerned with how no. he's perceived or his sort of presentation of himself in any given yeah. circumstance. But Yeah, definitely. He he couldn't care less about anybody else except no. for him. Mm. Um and like yeah, I mean it's not to say that I don't understand because there are reasons why people voted for him and the things that he represented, et cetera, et cetera, that were valid, which we won't go into today. Um, that And he represented that for them. Unfortunately, I just don't think that he has, he's going to follow through on any of those interests. Um, do you have any, uh, anything to say about the UF's response to Corona, which is like sort of semi what that interview was about? Well, I mean, that it, it's terrible. I guess. What like, response question? It's just mark? what's that? What response? Yeah, it's well, it's just tragic. I guess. Like it's sort of. Mm. I guess what it's comical to watch him being interviewed and hear the things that he says. But in reality, it's like what his his sort of reaction to it and his incapacity to like over the past five years, he there have been several different instances where he has um, basically either defunded particular areas of um disease prevention and control or removed american he actually removed america like american people from i'm not explaining this very well but american Mm. people from like the chinese center for disease control and prevention yeah i saw that so he's over the past five years he has done several things sorry to correct you i don't want to be a dick but do you mean for like three and a half years since he's been president 
What am I saying? Five years. Five. Oh, yeah, I do mean three and a half. <laughs> Donald Trump has been president for five years. Um, it's okay. Anyway. I, I mean, said there wasn't a constitution. So. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Um, sorry, three and a half years. He has progressively been basically preparing you, the US to not be prepared for the, for a pandemic, essentially. Totally. Um, it's not even just been how he's reacted in the past few months, but how America reacted um, has basically been what he's been doing over the past few years. So it's sort of, mm. it's just grim and depressing. It is grim. And I think listening to him speak, it's like, well, America is basically screwed until he's no yeah. longer in power. So Definitely. I think like... Um... When you look at their response in comparison literally to Victoria, where we live, and it's like they have a thousand people dying per day. Yeah. And a hundred nearly hundred and fifty thousand deaths or something in total. And we have like two hundred and ten deaths or maybe more now, but since I last looked, and our response is full blown. Yeah. Can't leave the house locked down. And theirs is kinda of like, Oh, like we're open. Smiley yeah. face. Like, Trump's literally saying it is what it is in the interview. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I guess, like, obviously we're not, like, uh, pandemic experts, so we don't actually have anything to oh, offer. Speak for yourself. Of, yeah, sorry. We can't be like, do this. Uh, ben, <laughs> I know, idiot, I'm like, oh, but, Trump like, it's such an idiot, all the things he did as though I would be able to do better. But um, Yeah, me in that situation be like, yeah, it's all right. She'll be right. <laughs> It's okay. Sure Get it's up. Fine. Um, Girls, take care of this, please. Um, or like yeah, literally, literally what he says when he's like, it didn't get to my desk. Nobody put it on my desk. And it's like, sorry? <laughs> you don't read what we put on your desk. That's why you have to carry these charts around. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, we're up. Should we talk about um, Cameron and Gwyneth? Yeah, let's do it. So our next story is the Cameron Diaz interview uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow. So Gwyneth Paltrow interviewed her for In Goop Health, which is an interview series she's been doing um, with various celebrities. Um, and this in this particular interview, they discussed several things, including Cameron Diaz's new organic wine uh, brand. Um, but the major topic that had people, you know, talking was the fact that Cameron Diaz was speaking about her decision to retire from acting at um, age 40 and why she sort of made that choice. Um, mm. And the interview went for like 51 minutes, I think. It was like quite, yeah, it was a, long, quite, long. quite a long conversation um, covering various topics from organic foods and sort of manifestation and mm. discovering yourself. Um, but what was your sort of initial reaction to it? Well, as usual, I had a few different takeaways, but do you want to talk about um, the sort of health wine talk organic side of it first, or do you want to talk about Cameron quitting acting first? I mean, let, we can just go chronologically. So we'll start with orga- with the organic wine thing. Okay. So um, my notes are all over the place for this, yeah. but like <laughs> I think the first thing I just want to say is like um, – you can take the girl out of Hollywood, but you certainly can't take the Hollywood out of the girl. <laughs> um, the things that they were talking about, I was just like, I, like I, the things that they were shocked about 
was so amazing to me. Like sometimes it is kind of nice just to hear wealthy, beautiful people talk about their problems. Oh God, yeah. Like I had, I felt quite comforted by like, by the way that they were talking. It was like a very peaceful 50 minutes. It's like escapism because you're like, yeah, this is not what my life is like. But like, yeah, anyone. No, I just want to listen to this. Like what is this? Yeah, this is so amazing that you guys are so concerned about how much sugar is in wine. (laughs) (laughs) Like I feel like Kourtney Kardashian wishes that she could fit in with them, but she's like one degree too ethnic and 20 degrees too new money to like make it in. (laughs) So like, but I don't know. That was, those are sort of when they're talking about the wine. Um, I thought it was interesting when they were talking about the price and the accessibility of organic food uh, and, and what Gwyneth said was like democratising wellness. Oh, yeah, but like, I mean. Mm. Well, you know what I think about this week. Go. Yeah, like because Cameron Diaz, and to be honest, just to preface this, and I struggled with this because I really don't like anything that Gwyneth Paltrow stands for. But for some reason I find Except her. Except just being beautiful and glamorous. I find her incredibly likable. Even so do I. That's the problem with them. They're both they're so, so likable. And Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow is so charming and kind of yep. self-aware and funny. And it's like totally. it makes me angry because I'm like, but you are not really I, – I hate everything you stand for and your yeah. use act. Your brand. Yeah, and you act as though you're self-aware, but in reality you've created a brand so based on – young women and older women as well wanting to be you when you are completely mm-hmm. unattainable because of your position mm-hmm. in society. Yeah. Um, but in terms of their specific talking about organic food, Cameron Diaz was talking about um, her, you know, discovering all of the different terrible things that are in wine and the number of ingredients that can go into wine and how she thinks everyone should eat organic. And I guess like that in itself is like they did acknowledge the cost of organic food but neither went into and I'm not particularly surprised that they didn't go into this but like whether or not organic farming is is necessarily uh whether that it's possible to feed the entire world's population right farming because it's it's just not organic farming like using like organic there are a lot of organic products it takes longer to grow them it's Mm -hmm. more intensive in so it doesn't you can't yield as many crops for certain things like that's why like genetically modified foods were invented was to feed Mm. greater populations of people so I mean you know (laughs) I can't on about that for a while but no I bet but it's a a valid point that you're making because it's like all well and good for these people who have the money and the resources and I know that they're talking about trying to do what when I said democratize wellness or whatever um but like that actually may not be sustainable for everyone, even if you do get to the point where organic food is the same price as as non-organic food. It's also just, I just don't think it necessarily, I mean, look, there there are plenty of benefits to organic food, but like, I just don't necessarily think that the thing about organic food and wellness and and sort of prioritising wellness and her talking about democratising it is wellness in itself is this incredibly individualistic Mm -hmm. thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like this, yeah, you know, it's this, it's the idea that you can like look after yourself. It's all about the self and beautifying the self and making you as an individual healthful. And like, it's Mm -hmm. just not like, yeah, wellness is not accessible for everyone because some people have to work three jobs and raise kids and like, they're never going to be able to eat organic food and like do yoga in the morning. Like it's just not, yeah. No, I just I really want to. There was there's this book that I really love, and I, I think I've I, you may have read or I told you to read or something. It's called Trick Mirror, 
Um, no, I haven't read it. But so this whole conversation that they were having tied into this idea that this sort of book presented and something that I've been thinking about for ages, which is like the myth of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to do the argument justice. Uh, if you want to read it, it's Trick Mirror by Gia, Tol- Gia Tolentino, anyone who's listening. Um, but she has a chapter about this idea of how women are always always have to be optimizing and it's very it's way better articu- articulated than anything I could ever say but in a nutshell it's like the concept that the ideal woman we've created as a society should always be optimizing herself and as such like corporations have created an entire industry dedicated to this mm-hmm. and if women sort of start to resist one aesthetic then the aesthetic just changes to suit us so the power of she said Gia in this um, book says that the power of the ideal image never wanes, and I think at this current point in time, the aesthetic is health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And in in this chapter, she argues, and I really agree that the actual investment in health is very narrow, uh, and everything is really to do with beauty. Mm-hmm. You yep. may well in, enjoy the way that Pilates makes you feel afterwards, but the end result is always physical usually totally. or, or that's the desire and what the self-care or the health industry is teaching women now is that instead of beauty relying on chance which it kind of does um <laughs> it's like I know that that sounds bad but it, it, it is it's, it's chance and it money it's cha- t- right um they're kind of teaching people that it's something that can be achieved through like hard work or dedication and yeah. or and that kind of stuff and trying to make this stuff more accessible by lowering price points or democratizing it or whatever allows more women to buy into it basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like the main takeaway that I had from, from hearing them talk. Yeah. I uh, mean, about that. So if we go on to like, um, because what really interested a lot of people around this was um, Cameron Diaz talking about why she left acting. So her last acting gig, as you know, was Annie in 2014, which is not a great note. Probably the reason she quit. Probably. (laughs) It wasn't a great note to uh, end on. It was critically panned. Um, But just so for those who haven't seen the interview or the conversation, her reasons for acting was essentially that um, she got to like 40 and it basically the intensity of the work um, doing 12-hour days and she, I mean, I've got a quote from it. She's like, I handed out parts of my life to all of these other people and I had to basically take it back and take responsibility for my own life. Um, and she also talked about actors being infantilized. Yeah. Which by that I, she means basically you're essentially turned into a child in terms of everyone's constantly yeah. taking care of you and they carry your bag and you never have to do anything mm-hmm. for yourself. Um which in itself is an incredibly interesting thing to bring up around her wanting to sort of have some agency in her own life. But I also just like couldn't let go of the idea that you're, you get to 40 and you can just abandon an incredibly successful career and just stop and just like suddenly you can start, you can just like, well, I'm just going to work on myself now and become mm. better. It's like, imagine being able to do that. Do like- that. Well, I think that's that's the thing. I actually really admired that she acknowledged that she had to become an adult because mm. because so many celebrities are treated like children. Like, And talking about actors being infantilized is so true. Like the way that actors are treated at work, like someone holds an umbrella over their head when they walk anywhere. They're driven everywhere. Like in public people scream and cry when they see them like and her talking about being self-sufficient I I really really admired because 
um, I know if I was in that position, I'm sure you're the same. I would immediately, I would immediately just revert to behaving like a child. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, totally. And be absolute revolting toddler, twenty four seven. So I think it does take a lot of humility and self reflection to be like, I'm going to step back. But it's it also takes a lot of uh, financial backing yes. and and like security in the fact that she actually doesn't ever really need to work again. Only if she's bored or she feels like it. I guess, or like she makes some really bad financial decisions. Yeah. Um, and I, look, yeah. the thing is, because I like, I love, and I love Cameron Diaz in particular. Like Charlie's Angels for me was like the Lion mm. King as a kid. Like for most people, you know what I mean. Like I watched it so it's much. So, it's so good. It's so amazing. Um, but like I love Cameron Diaz, and yeah, I sort of like. And this- I think a lot of girls our age probably really love Cameron Diaz. Yeah, and like I, I don't, love, I'm like I obvious. Well. Yeah, like I feel like I'm. Um, it's hearing her speak in this way, you know, in some ways, I mean, I'm just kind of like, it's not particularly surprising because they're celebrities and they're completely mm. sort of, they have no awareness really of the, what other, how other people live. Um, mm. But also like, I guess even what she was saying about how actors are treated, um, it makes, it sort of then makes you understand why those Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz are like this. Exactly. Because yeah. it's like, well, if they've been infantilized and had everything done for them for their entire mm-hmm. lives and that's that's the world they've sort of um, grown up in or come to be people in, of course mm-hmm. they've got these incredibly skewed ideas of, like, right. how the world is and how the world kind of should be. So, yeah. It's hard to, like, blame them in a way. I mean, I guess, like, it can, it can go either way because, yeah, in reality they should – be normal functioning adults that understand that their problems are nothing in comparison. But at the same time, they've only ever lived their one life and had their one experience. So it's probably very difficult for them to like separate themselves from that Mm. Um, and be down, quote unquote, down to earth or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, I, I I actually did find it quite an interesting uh, conversation to listen to because like you were saying, you do immediately warm to them. You don't yes, they're dislike very charming. them. They're very charming and, and likable people and it's hard to be like, well, you're just a fucking stupid actor who likes organic wine and has no idea what it's like for the real working class man. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think it, it was a nice interview because at least you were able to maybe, even if you didn't agree, but sort of engage with the conversation or something yeah I mean I got to like 40 minutes in and they were still talking about like manifestation I was like okay, yeah I like tapped out and, and stopped listening but like yeah it was it wasn't it was sort of like it'd be nice to have it's just like background listening like while you're like doing yeah. something around the house just listening to Cameron Diaz and Gwyneth Paltrow talk to each other about organic stuff um <laughs> very just sort of like okay this is a thing that's happening um but I just this is really unrelated but I found it extremely funny um, hmm. And this was when I was researching from Cameron Diaz's Wikipedia. Um, so this is just a quote from a Wikipedia page. Diaz married musician Benji Madden at her home in Beverly Hills, California, on January 5th, 2015, in a Jewish ceremony, though neither has any known or disclosed Jewish ancestry. <laughs> so they had a Jewish wedding and I Googled it and, like, nobody, not, everyone's like, but they're not, they're, everyone's pretty sure not neither Jewish. of them are Jewish, but for some reason they had a Jewish wedding. Um yeah. There must be some sort of explanation. There must be. And Someone's people, stepdad is Jewish Probably. Or and then they were like, oh, maybe the, this is the next, like, wave of celebrity weddings is, like, 
doing traditional <laughs> Jewish ceremonies, even if you're not Jewish. And I was just like, what why? It's so like, so, you think they would pick like Indian weddings because that's so like over the top, and they really get to flaunt like their money and and get to have like six different weddings or whatever happens. Well, like because like you know I don't know saris and stuff so beautiful and like you know yeah the it's like a and... really beautiful extravagant ceremony. Yes. But I guess um, the Jewish, I don't know what Jewish weddings are like, the, though. maybe they are too. They did like a muscle tough thing and like smashed. The, I shouldn't be. I don't actually. Mm. Know what happens? You smash plate. <laughs> There's like a thing or is that you smash. Great? No, it's like, there's something you smash. I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, so do you have anything else to add to um, on that note? <laughs> we're really culturally aware. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I don't. Okay, let's move on to uh, the next segment. In Arabic weddings, um, the men smoke in a in, outside, and the women all just have to sit around <laughs> inside, dressed up with so much makeup and so like like many different layers of clothing on. Have you been um, to an Arabic wedding? No, but my dad borrowed my video camera once when he went to Tunisia and came back, and I looked at the videos on it, and it was his wedding to some. Tunisian woman your dad's um, wedding that he yeah that he did not tell us about like obviously what? our mum and dad had broken up yeah he didn't tell married? us he was like oh not anymore he was like <laughs> he was like I got engaged while I was over there and I was like oh really and then found the videos on my camera this is when I was like 15 <gasps> or 16 and mum was like that's not an engagement party Sarah that is a wedding and I was like excuse me and called dad and literally the footage was it would cut from dad and like his relatives sitting outside smoking playing cards on milk crates to the women dressed up with so much makeup on like all just like awkwardly sitting inside while music (laughs) plays oh my god so when did he get a divorce I can't remember she never even came to Australia oh god i just feel like i find out like yeah. a fun fact about your dad that's just so absurd every, oh there's like, a lot every other week there's, yeah. just <laughs> there's a lot of fun facts about him but no they've been i reckon they've been divorced for a few years now that's wild um, i can't remember what his excuse was couldn't be bothered probably in the end um <laughs> <laughs> <You're not moving laughs> <on>. <laughs> i'm just exposing my dad so hardcore i know like a lot of people like yeah can't relate to my dad going to tunisia and getting married without telling me yeah um Anyway, okay. let's, let's move on. Um, so our sponsor for this week is Cardi B's tonsils. Um, so that's an incredibly hardworking this week. Um, thank you so much to her tonsils. We're really grateful for the money. Um, mm. And, yeah. Um, okay. So, Sarah, do you want to introduce right. the next topic? Yeah. So um, this one's about TikTok. So... Donald Trump uh, issued an executive order on Thursday, I believe it was, that said after 45 days, the US is going to prohibit any transaction by any person with the parent company of TikTok over concerns that the Chinese government are using it to harvest people's information. He also did this for WeChat, but we're just going to talk about TikTok. Yeah. Um, It's kind of a bit foggy on the details uh, and, you know, some reports are differing from others, but it could either simply mean that um, US advertisers aren't allowed to buy ads on TikTok. Uh, but there are some places like the Washington Post reporting that even downloading the app could be seen as a transaction. Um, and that would mean, and this would mean though, that this would mean though that any device that already has TikTok downloaded would 
would have to have it deleted. Like it wouldn't just automatically delete, which would then mean that Apple and Google and Microsoft would all have to cooperate and would need to take an active role in removing the app from people's phones, which isn't probably likely given that these companies don't enjoy government interference (laughs) with their products. So uh, we're actually going to discuss this in in two sections. Um, First, we're going to talk about the ban and why it's happening and the concerns over China. Um, And then we're going to talk about like the actual cultural impact of TikTok Mm -hmm. as an app and why it going away would be really sad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what did you think about the actual, like Trump's actual reasoning for doing this? Um, Well, I mean, you make I, I get I understand the concern mm. around because of the certain laws that China have, um, which uh, full disclosure I don't have a lot I don't know a lot about what laws ch- the Chinese government. Did you has. Just hear that? What? Oh, Alfie just like regurgitated food outside the door. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> him desperately trying to get attention. Yeah, um, literally. But in terms of like the concern about how much access to data the Chinese government has. I can sort of like understand that mm. concern, but it, I do find it interesting that um, so Scott Morrison came out and said that they they looked into TikTok and whether or not it should be banned, and it's not going to be banned yeah. in Australia. But that he basically said that people should exercise caution with using it, and also the ADF can't use TikTok, so it's so random. Yeah, I mean, but I guess I mean, I guess it makes sense, sort of. But yeah, it's sort of. I mean, and like obviously, TikTok themselves have been very. They are really trying to cooperate. And the the thing is, there's a separate parent company. Um, oh, sorry, not a separate separate parent company, but the TikTok itself is a hmm. different um product to what they have in China, like the Chinese version of it. And that's yeah. purely because they um because of concerns around Chinese interference with people's data. So they've already yeah. got that in place to try and offset that. But um... I mean, I think a lot of the sort of criticism that I've seen of TikTok is that they're not that transparent about like people's privacy or how and where they share people's personal yeah, data. Right. So I guess it's particularly concerning because of like the Chinese government's tendencies to hack into other countries classified yes. information. Whereas if like, Fiji had everyone's data, then no one would be concerned. Um, But like, but um, I don't know. I I felt like, and I tell me if you disagree, that Trump's reaction was just because he wanted to appear tough on China, like in the way grown up, and and because the US has an upcoming election and it works for him politically. Um, Because a lot of people, like in a lot of articles I was reading, were saying like it limits online freedom of speech and was talking about how the US has done a lot worse themselves, like the Edward Snowden thing where he exposed that the US government were tracking people on their phones. Right. Um, and I guess the thing that most people are worried about in sort of more of a political sense is the, that this, the precedence that this, the precedent that this sets to ban apps because then what's, what's to stop the government banning apps that present opinions or information contrary to their policies for like, right for that's Trump, a really that good point um but yeah yeah I mean I guess it's interesting because the concern is around the government having access to people's data and and I guess what like brands like um Apple have refused mm. to let the FBI see people's text messages and shit like there's a yeah. lot more stringent privacy laws I guess here than that here in America and America than there are in 
China. I think that's sort of yeah. the concern that the Chinese government could basically convince um, ByteDance, the parent company, to hand over user data. Right. Um, but, I mean, and I know this is probably a stupid way of thinking about it, but I understand why it's potentially dangerous, but I'm also like, I don't, not sure I trust Mark Zuckerberg with my data any more than I do yeah, the Chinese I'm government. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just like, go, like, if the Chinese government have it, like, it, want it, have it. What, you, what like are you going to find? Everyone else already has it. Like, you're just going to se- see me tagging you in TikTok videos. Literally. And like, just like, I don't know, like the like, and look, I understand it's not as simple as that because like mm, it's people they're like probably tracking where we think, are. Yeah, and I think people's privacy is a lot. I know a lot of people like my FBI, and we both do. It's like my FBI agent watching my mm, search mm. history, but like there is a lot more that goes into the importance of personal privacy, and it is incredibly important. It's sort of the Definitely. last kind of barrier between. um there being an authoritarian state right and totally not like if the government should not have it's 1984 like it is but and the thing is and i get the concern but i'm also like google wanted to set up a um a smart city in toronto and it actually didn't go ahead but there was basically um academics who um who have talked about surveillance capitalism which is this idea that like yeah the the world is sort of structured by this constant surveillance um that's a really bad way of explaining it but I won't go into too much no, detail about it yeah but um you know the, all of these tech companies what I'm trying to get at is all of these tech tech companies are, are more and more infiltrating our day-to-day lives and in, mm-hmm. especially Google and Apple because they have AI and like Siri and Google Home and everything mm. so it's like I just feel like this is sort of the next frontier is that it's now definitely other countries it's, it's- yeah, it's other countries, governments, yeah, you know, using it for things that are potentially a lot more dangerous than targeted ads. Right, exactly. Because Mark Zuckerberg um, just wants to, like, sell my data make to money off advertisers you. so they can sell yeah. me shit, which I'm just like, go off. Like, that's fine. Help me yeah, buy some fine. nice new activewear. Um, mm. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, when it goes further than that, it's a bit... Yeah, and I think, Scary. like you said about Trump's intention, I think it's sort of a band-aid over a much broader issues of tech companies, like, having free reign over people's information. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, do you have anything else yeah. to... No, should we talk about, like, what would actually suck on, like, a human level if TikTok got banned? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the, the surveillance, and now we're on to uh, the hype house. Um, yeah, <laughs> but literally, like, yeah. I, I'm, like... I don't know about you, but if TikTok feels like sort of like 2009 YouTube to me, like when things were really totally. democratic yeah, yeah, yeah. and fun and creative and like even though some people do like sponsored TikTok posts, like there's so much content on there constantly that you barely encounter it. Mm-hmm. And like the the way that anyone can have a viral video or get really TikTok famous really quickly, I find so amazing. Like now there's no chance for that on Instagram unless you're on like a reality show or yeah. something like this. To grow organically on any other social media platform is really difficult just totally. because of how you engage. And I feel like it's made the content on TikTok like better for, because people – sit on a for you page rather than like the people a list of people that they're following so like you know that you have a chance of appearing to a lot of people so people kind of make awesome videos because they know that they're more likely to be rewarded because they're gonna get the same level of exposure as anyone else Mm -hmm. 
you know, all the same chance of exposure, exposure as anyone else. Mm. I have like the same note here. On this, yeah. But- well, but it is really kind of lovely in that way. And like the way that just like in terms of the way the actual algorithm works is you publish a video and, and I know it's a bit more complicated than this, but like in terms of mm. what happens is that you publish a video and it gets shown to 10 people. So, or a certain number of people um, on their for you page. So, and then if, if enough of those first people engage with it, it then gets shown to another 10 people and so on. Yeah. So it really is democratic because the algorithm is so random because you're getting like, it's not based on who you're following. It's based on this new, new content being released. It means that like everyone, you're right. Like everyone has an opportunity to be successful on this platform and that just doesn't, it, and it, the only thing I can I think is you can compare it to in terms of the type of content is like YouTube videos and yeah. if anyone else is like I feel like it's niche to be a huge YouTube fan anymore but like yeah it's uh, like just us yeah <laughs> <laughs> like personally I love YouTube videos but um yeah there is this thing where it's like back in yeah like 2009 like Charlie is so cool like and like oh my god I loved him I loved so him too much. I had a, the biggest crush on him and he was like Me this too. teenage boy and making videos of him singing about acne in his room it's this incredibly mm. like sincere and um beautiful part of the internet yeah, and I it kind is. of get with you with with TikTok it's like it's teenagers again sort of using this platform making this platform what it is because that's what happened with YouTube and now YouTube has kind of grown up um and also older people like including myself to a certain extent don't really it's we're never going to quite get it in the same way that they do for yourself but yep yeah okay Um. myself then but I do think that like I'm never going to be as much part of this as like a 15 year old is it's just we're not not shaping it like those teenagers God, no. I'm enjoying watching it and being mm. I love TikTok but like I there's I'm just not in that demographic anymore which is truly tragic to admit yeah <laughs> it breaks my heart yeah. like it actually makes me so upset yeah because teenagers are like the most creative people <clears throat> they, they, oh my God, they create amazing. everything like they create culture in like totally yeah. and like it's just so like gen gen z they've yeah. grown up with social media they completely get it they understand every tiny little nuance like most videos on tiktok at least like comedy style ones even some of the ones with like the tiktok famous people dancing you've had to see like six other videos or heard six other sounds to even understand the fact that that video is a joke totally like i love that yeah it's like this in joke every single video is like Hmm. Like, you know, and I'm sorry, Dad, for saying this, but, like, I remember showing him, I would, I sent him a TikTok and it was, like, this one of somebody was filming their feet walking through, like, a really rainy gutter and it was, like, Eye yeah. of the Tiger or something. It was, like, how my dad said he used to walk to school. Um, yeah, right. And it was, like, I found it so funny. It was when I first got TikTok and I sent it to Dad and he just was, like, what? Like, what, what is this? Yeah. And I was, like, I just. And to be honest, like, to us, that seems, like, quite entry level. Like that's like yeah. that's accessible. And he was like, like I don't, I don't, I don't, and like Dad's gonna hate that I'm saying this. <laughs> um, but like, I do think that above a certain age, it sort of just doesn't make any sense. Like, or no, it's, or it's just a bit like, what's the point of this? It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. They, my mom is always the same. If we ever send her anything, that's like. There was one that's like, does anyone else's mum just eat one, like a tub of yo- or a small thing of yogurt every day and then like be like, I'm full. Like, and like, and, like um, and she was just like, I just don't get it. I don't get TikTok. TikTok's not funny. I was like, have you seen every video on TikTok? 
she's like, no, but it's just not funny, the whole concept. But no, but TikTok like isn't even, like, TikTok, it's not whether TikTok's funny because there's it's so many different. It's whether the video is funny. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many different kinds of content. It's like saying TV yeah. isn't funny. Exactly. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. but there's so many it's different things on TV. It's like, just because I don't necessarily watch, like, I don't know, the block it doesn't mean i'd write off all tv shows yeah yeah literally <laughs> well the block sucks so, so i'm not watching sucks. anymore like. yeah but i mean look obviously like tiktok isn't immune to sort of the pitfalls of every other like media uh both traditional and non-traditional since the beginning of time which is that people want to see hot people on their screens and if they're not hot then they need to be funny um <laughs> but <laughs> But I do think that there are some positive changes. So like the hype house, and I know you got you don't really like them, but like the hype house and like the sway house boys, mm. they do a lot of stuff that like ten years ago, boys would have been bullied at the fuck out of for being like really feminine or like gay or whatever. Like the way that they do the dances and they put so much effort into the way that they look, That's and true. whether or not it's actually attractive, um, or like we find it attractive, like. I saw, like, some of them, like, have, like, crop top merch. Yeah. Like, Lil Huddy literally has like, crop tops that he wears. And I'm like, I don't like you as a person, Lil Huddy, but I'm so happy that this platform just lets you exist like that. I I mean, look, it's I'm just being me. I just find them very, like, lame. Like, it's, it's – but it, yeah, I obviously do, it's so try-hard. It like, is, but I, I do get what you're saying. Like, I do think there is a certain, like, level of sort of sincerity around it that's just, like, mm -hmm. incredible that, and a level of sincerity that I'll never be able to – I'll never be able to be as truly sincere about yeah. something as they are about their dances and they're, like – It's so cute. It's cute. It's, like – and they've, they've create that, you know, they've, they have mastered a medium that I will never – I'm not that I'm trying to be like the hype house, but like you know, they've just, they really had that awkward moment where we try to start an influencer house and no one we joins. like buy a house in like Richmond and we're like, come on, everyone, it's the hype house. Um, but anyway, um, but I do think like, and we've spoken about this, but like yeah. in terms of the top two influencers on the platform, which is Charlie D'Amelio, who's 16, and Addison Ray, who's 19. Yeah, and Charlie D'Amelio, um has 77 million or just over yeah. that on the platform yeah. and made, less than a year people less she than made a year. her so she made her first tiktok in may last year i was that is insane it's wild and 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 it sort of speaks to <laughs> seven million followers yeah it's like speaks to the insanity of this platform and truly mm -hmm. how much it has changed the way that viral videos work and mm -hmm. what it means to go viral and it, that you can go viral but then actually sustain that kind of popularity right. and turn it into a career. Like she has a makeup I, line with Morphe now. With I literally sister. bought that makeup line. I know you did. <laughs> like, and the, the reason that I bought it though is because like I really like Charlie and her sister Dixie because I do think that like, and this probably just adds to the laundry list of different of things that women now have to look like to be beautiful and yeah. beauty standards or whatever. <laughs> but, like, she doesn't – I guess it's sort of – she's the opposite of what's been offered on Instagram for the last five to ten years, which is, like, she doesn't have lip fillers, she isn't blonde, like, she hasn't had any surgery where, like, the fat gets sucked out of your stomach and gets yeah. put into your ass. Like, she's very natural looking, even though she is obviously, like, genetically extremely Blessed. pretty. <laughs> like, yeah, but, like, it's not that sort of aspirational – 
style of beauty that we've been used to for like the last 10 it's years it's not like instabaddy beauty it's yeah it's is very yeah. it's her and addison ray and i was trying to think addison's about, a little different i think that's why she's not as popular yeah but I, I, in terms of i do think that they offer a similar thing and i think it speaks to why they're popular and i think it's that they both are really pretty but they have this kind mm-hmm. of like very girl next girl door, next door friendly yeah. girl i'm an all-american yeah. girl and i'm just being fun and cute and dead yeah like you know it's sort of this like it's really difficult to um it's so put your finger on it's uh, really hard well, i was gonna say it's difficult I, to like be against it because it's so right. just friendly and good fun well, like yeah you know, i think but... we've, like with i mean obviously i'm so deep into like the tiktok stars and the hype house yeah and you know a lot with... more about the hype house <laughs> i know too much do, but like with like with like charlie versus versus addison um, Charlie, I think the reason Charlie is the most popular is because she kind of like everyone from every side of TikTok really likes Charlie. Uh-huh. So like, you know how there's like different sides of TikTok, like straight TikTok yeah. and witch talk and <laughs> alt TikTok yeah. and whatever. And like Charlie is like loved across all of them because she's just like really unproblematic. She kind of gets it. Like she often makes videos that are like quiet. Like she understands the alt side of TikTok. Right. Fuck, I sound like an arsehole. No, but, but like, she said that's... that her for you page is alt is like a lot of alt TikTok. Right. Whereas like Me Addison is that. pretty much just straight TikTok. Addison's would just be like guys being like, so I went to the shops and like it was so yeah funny. yeah yeah, yeah. And they bring it back. Or it would just be like the sway boys dancing. Yeah, it'd probably be a lot of dancing. A lot of dancing. I don't and think Addison's would be very comedic. No. Yeah. No, but I'm like, <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, if this app gets banned, I'm actually quite confident that Charlie will be okay because I feel like she's earned enough money in the last six months to probably sustain her for most of her life. Well, Addison's um, actually made more money than her. Addison's made $5 million in the past. Well, is that because Addison has made connections in very high places? Yes. I mean, we're both, like, getting <laughs> to this. For those who don't know, Addison's 19 and she's, like, best friends with Kourtney Kardashian, who's 41. Um, it's... Oh, it, I reckon Courtney has like a farm of young people at her house, and like it's like Hansel and Gretel, like and like she keeps them around and sucks the youth out of them like every day. It's crazy. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, it's like power to him. Like I think Addison's like she, Courtney mm. does just have a lot Addison for getting from Baton Rouge to the Kardashian. I love that she's like year. from Baton Rouge now. She's living yeah. in LA. Like it's yeah. power, power to her. But I think like in closing in terms of like the impact on what's going to happen when the the platform ends i would think i mean instagram have just released instagram reels which is their slightly embarrassing answer to tiktok Mm. um but i just reckon that one i think that tiktok i don't think it's going to go away i think that either microsoft will buy them or another company will buy them and they'll adapt or there'll be like another version of it will pop up Definitely. that just does the Definitely. same thing so I, I i don't necessarily i think that the medium's not going to die i think that it's penetrated too much for it to just go 100%. away once it ends yeah they're gonna bend. be all right yeah like if the sway boys fall off the face of the earth it's fine i think but everyone if survive. charlie dixie and andreas lopez are gone like <laughs> I'll, I'll be damned like i'll be really upset. marching straight up to the white house to have a <clears throat> chat with um some choice literally. words with trump yeah all right Shall we, Should we do top three? Yeah, let's close the top three. I think this will be our longest episode because we couldn't help ourselves but go on about TikTok. Yeah. Okay, but... well, let's do really quick top three okay. then. Really okay. quick. Okay, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, 
I, I can go. All right. So okay. top three meals that make you feel like you're going to pass out. Oh, Jesus. Um, any like massive, like, I can't remember if we were talking about this on the, on this episode or if we spoke about it on the phone before, but when you order like not Maccas, but like a burger and chips at something random from, from, um, some place on Uber Eats that isn't Maccas, that is like fucking coma inducing. <laughs> Literally um, me this afternoon, but yeah. Yeah. Were you talking? Yeah. You were talking about yes, on the episode. That's I why I like, um, looped back because I was saying <clears throat> that I felt like it was going to pass out. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, uh, anything like really heavy in milk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like a milkshake like a or like a, a frappe or like a thick shake or something like that. Like that puts me to bed like a gurgling baby. <laughs> um, and um, what's the question again? Something that makes you feel really Top sick. three meals that make you feel oh, like pass you out. pass out. Um, I suppose like going to any like sort of um, La Puketa-esque restaurant not that i do that often but like having some sort of really greasy pizza pasta situation heaps of cheese i feel like too- yeah heaps of cheese Sometimes yeah like toasties with too much cheese i haven't experienced that but i feel mm. like if i ate like a really gluggy carbonara i'd want to pass it yeah out. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay yeah well i'm gonna keep going then on this okay which one would you prefer to answer i have two is both food related okay Top three most overrated breakfast foods or top three fast food brands? Oh, oh uh, overrated breakfast foods because okay, I love breakfast. Ahead. So yeah, I do. this is a controversial one, but I'm going to say pancakes. Um, mm. Personally, I like pancakes, but I just think they're like, I'm talking like stack pancakes. Like I love yeah. crepes, but I think I think mm, okay, pancake overrated with ice cream, like that whole situation. Um, oh, okay. I love that. The Alice in Wonderland cake from... Pancake parlor. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, we're trying to do this quickly. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, now it's my fault. What else do you eat for breakfast? Um, Toast, eggs, bacon. Uh, No, see, I fucking love toast and eggs. Um, Probably like like, um, like cornflakes. I quite like cornflakes, though, but I feel like that's... Cornflakes overrated. Not really. Um... (laughs) Uh... God, I, why poached I eggs, surely. Poached no, I fuck. I eat poached eggs every morning. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking too long to answer this. Um, <laughs> fuck. I reckon just pancakes and like what other breakfast? I was gonna say muesli, but I love muesli. I like porridge. Okay, I'm, whatever. I'm just not gonna answer. I'm just gonna say that one. <laughs> okay, that was really good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what would you say? Uh, poached eggs, avocado on toast. No way. Um, yeah. Uh, and like those sort of really gratuitous like uh melbourne breakfast things where like there's like flowers and shit on the top yeah cakes, yeah that kind of stuff see um, i think i shouldn't have chosen that because i love all breakfast foods like i really don't yeah. discriminate so anyway well that's all right i did a really good job of answering that question um <laughs> all right yeah should we wrap it up yeah let's wrap it all right thanks for listening everybody thanks for tuning in bye <laughs> 